Welcome back to the podcast, Conversations with Jeff Bucknam. Dr. Jeff Bucknam is the lead teaching pastor of Harvest Bible Chapel, and I am your host, Tommy Kreitz. And today we've got a conversation because we believe that everyone has a story, and we're going to get into that in just a second. But we've got another conversation before, right before that, and it's going to be about, Jeff, what is it going to be about today? It's going to be. You didn't do a lot of work for this, did you? Yeah. <laughs> I came up with a couple topics. Okay, what are your topics? Yeah, so we could talk about, well, there's so many things going on in the world right specifically now. Yeah. The Olympics. The Super Bowl just happened. The Super Bowl. The Rust. Da, yeah. Da Bears. Mike Ditka. And Carl uh, Sanders before you. <laughs> and uh, uh, mask mandates and vaccine mandates are coming down. Uh, yeah, they are. Yeah, there's a possible like war. Just sh- like a shifting... Mo- moment in the history of uh, of our country. There really are a lot of things Justin happening. Justin Trudeau just said that everybody in his country is an enemy of the state. And See, he, that's one I didn't even hear he about. He can steal money from everyone now. Good. Yeah, he declared martial law, basically. Wow. Because there's a bunch of trucks parked in the Capitol. I have heard about that. <laughs> that's it. The, what having, is it called? The well, Canadian... They parked, yeah, they parked a bunch of trucks in the Capitol. Yeah. It's the, called like the truck, semi-trucks too, right? Yeah, like, trucker yeah. convoys. They parked all these trucks in the Capitol because they were like, hey, you should take down the man, the, the, all the mandates. Yes. But instead of meeting with them, he first went and hid. Good. We don't know where. Classic. Then he came back and said they're all racists. And then Oof. they found that they, they're not racists mm. because they're actually cleaning up trash and stuff on the streets. And they had a conversation about with the local, some local people who were like, we don't like you parking on our residential streets. And they were like, oh, sorry, we'll... So they crammed more trucks into the into the center of the city. Yeah. Do you think sometimes people just use words that maybe... And then, yeah. It, well, at the end, he just decided, okay, that's it. We're calling an emergencies act, which is martial law, <laughs> because you guys won't move your trucks. Yeah. And it makes it so they can... Because they were trying to get the... They were trying to get the uh, tow truck drivers to pull... People out the tow truck drivers were like, no, we're just going to go park next to him. Wow. Wow. Okay. <laughs> and the See, police I- are like down there fist bumping the, oh boy. the truckers and the military said, well, don't send us in there. We don't want to do it. So now he's got this emergencies act and he says, well, we can compel the, the tow truck drivers to tow their trucks. And I don't know how you compel a tow truck driver. Huh. Do you think they're actually going to go and like at gunpoint say you better I, tow that truck? Or I don't gonna... know. I feel like I'm not well versed in, so the, cool. in the in the in the Canadian media. I feel yeah. like are you still pretty connected to it? Do you think like I, I I kind of am, but this is this is the first time in the Western world where something this like this has basically happened. Well, first time in recent memory. Yeah, sure. Man. Yeah, it's kind of a whole thing. Dude, you get Australia and Canada together? That's a... Wow. Is that a difficult that thing? Would be a <laughs> well, I heard that even like that that trucker convoy go, has gone... When you show up to the country, the Australians just put you into prison for a couple of weeks. Uh-huh, right. And then you could release to Canada where the whole country's a prison for a couple of weeks. Wow. <laughs> just kidding. Shade. We have Canadians who listen to our show. We do? Yeah, I'm a Canadian. Well, yeah, that's true. But... Uh, also, other Canadians. So, hi to all you Canadians out there. Hello, Canadians. We uh, we're with you. Yeah, exactly. Whatever that means. Whatever. Yeah, whatever that means. Yeah. We're with you. Yeah. There's a lot of things going Super on. Super Bowl happened this weekend. It Tommy did. Did you watch the Super Bowl? I didn't. Why not? Because I don't have uh, cable TV. Really? I don't. Isn't that weird? 
we did this thing where now we just have all the streaming services. Right. <laughs> so essentially it's like uh direct, like remember when cable TV became like direct TV or whatever that is where you buy yeah. certain yeah. channels. That's you. It seems like we've gone full circle on it. Now we're back to that and I've bought all the channels, but I don't have the, the TV. I don't have the, like the regular so no sport, no sports. I'm you not much of a, it. I'm not much of a sports watcher guy. I enjoy it. I like it. Like I will, but uh, yeah, I don't, who won the Super Bowl, Tommy? Yeah, that was the. Uh, I mean, obviously, L.A. won it. Yeah, and yeah. What was the score, I saw Tommy? that. Tommy, the, the that score? I don't know. I do not know the score. It was close, though, wasn't it? Yeah. Sure. Sure. <laughs> that Matt Stafford. He, yeah. He see, you know, you know a little. He bit deserved about it. it. A little bit about it. Well, there I, were. Uh, they had a mask mandate in the stadium, and nobody wore. They masks. did. I've seen a lot of pictures of that. Yeah. It seemed like no one did it. Well. Let's just say I don't think they were taking the mask mandate that seriously. Yeah, and those things are coming down apparently. Yeah, as uh, except for if you're a kid, is that? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I think children are still have to wear them. That's tough because they're vectors of disease. Yes, I know that. Having two children of my own, just boogers everywhere in our household. We, we, <laughs> we should make them wear masks all the time. Yeah, for sure. Goodness, save us. Tommy, this is this is fun. This has been fun. Uh, have you had a good winter, you guys? The last thing I yeah. want to talk about with you is that that I think in Chicago, you guys, you guys overstate how bad the winters are. We overstate it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you do. You thought coming in, it would well, be much worse. I don't think you realize that there are other places uh-huh. where it's horrible. No, I understand that. And by horrible, I mean like there are places that are colder. Yes. And there are also places where it rains all the time. Yeah. And so then you like, you're like, oh, it's kind of so bad. It's so cold. Yeah. But yeah. It's cold for like a few days and then yeah. it kind of is like just moderately cold. I would say, and maybe it's really sunny. Let's look at our fellow, let me look at my fellow Chicagoans here in the room. Uh, this winter, pretty moderate. Would you say? Yeah. It's a very moderate winter. We didn't have any polar vor- vortexes this winter, which is, I, want, um, I was cheering for a polar vortex. I know that's a, that's what makes it life I'm, worth living. It's I'm fun, on, you I'm know. On team vortex. We had one snowstorm that was like kind of sort of bad. It was very like it was very moderate this year. Yeah, they clear which, all the roads you know, though by by the middle of the day. Yeah, uh, which is why that's like why is it a big deal then? <laughs> right. Well, sometimes they just you know. In other places, they just don't even clear the war- the roads. No, where which I is, used to live, it was yeah, well, me too. In Wisconsin, Washington. no clear the roads. Really? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Well, yes, I mean eventually, but we lived out in the middle of nowhere. So, like, you wait your turn ten days from now. You just drive or use your snowmobile. <laughs> did you, you <laughs> go to the store? Your, did you drive a snowmobile to work? No, I wish that'd be amazing though. I know many people who did. They have like actual, this is the one thing that I thought was really strange from uh, moving down to Illinois and now even like kind of going out into the more like uh, rural spots in Illinois. In Wisconsin, a really big thing is snowmobiling and snowmobile trailing. And so they have like along the roads in Wisconsin, the snowmobile trails. So they've got their own stop signs and their own, you know, it's a straight up trail, like a bike path would no, be I, here. No, I, I, I get you. And they're there. And here is that in, the same path that they do the Iditarod on? Yeah. yeah they're they're, in they've, got the, they've got the dogs. It's a, yeah. And so, yeah, I thought it was really, really interesting coming down here. But yeah, it's a very, very mild and moderate winter this year. So you have not experienced. Okay. Well, I'll wait. The fullness. I'll wait till, till another one. Next year. Yeah. Well, we'll get out of this one in, uh, I don't know, you know, end of March. <laughs> Whenever that happens. But you guys are complaining. Even that you complain about. 
Did well, you realize that the rest of the world does not have winter in March? Their uh, places is cold. Oh, yeah. Europe is still in winter in March. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What a bunch of babies. No, no, no. I just think it's, you know, it's winter six months out of the year. It is. You know, it's just. It's not. Eh. Yeah. All right. Well, you could, it's yeah. the opposite problem of the places that are really, really hot. Tommy and I are going to agree. Sauna. Great. Let's get to a conversation that's worth something. Yes, yeah, so let's get let us get to a conversation worth something, and we have in uh, the podcast studio today, Pastor Jeff Thompson, who is a, the campus pastor of our cathedral, Chicago Cathedral campus, and you guys are going to have a conversation worth having because uh, Jeff, it's Jeff versus Jeff. Jeff, wow. Pick your team. Pick your Jeff. Pick yeah. Vote now. <laughs> Number on the screen, vote. Jeff or Jeff? Will one of you, uh, whoever loses, will they then forever be called Jeffrey? Big stakes. Tune in. We're going to get to the conversation right now. Let's get into it. I'm seated here with Jeff Thompson. Is it Jeffrey? Jeff. No, 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 no. But it, did your mom, when yes, you were a little Jeffrey. baby boy, did yeah. she say, well, name him Jeffrey? Right. R-E-Y, not E-R-Y, no. not Jeff Uri. So That's, funny thing, my, my son, Micah, he booked an airplane ticket spelling my first name wrong. How does my second son not know how to spell my name? He, did, did he, he went E-R-Y. It? What is that? E-R-Y, yeah. E-R-Y is I, like no. naming Megan M-E-G-Y-N. What are you doing? It's, it's wrong. I got a credit card once that said E-R-Y, and I cut it up. Oh, yeah. Just, <laughs> certain lines you just don't cross. No, no. <laughs> That's one of them. Jeff Thompson, um, you have been part of Harvest Bible Chapel for a very long time. Tell, yeah. List off the names of the jobs that you have done at Harvest Bible Chapel. Ooh, um, the first job I ever had at Harvest Bible Chapel was at our Niles campus, uh, and I cleaned the bathrooms in the worship center and things like that. So I don't know, I don't even know what my title was, building services something. But yeah, I got to wear that cool backpack that has, it's like a vacuum cleaner oh, wow. on your back. It's you know, like Ghostbusters. You didn't have a card that was my, at that point? No, no, no card. Uh, that, that was my first job. Um, and then I started as the associate pastor of assimilation and small groups. Uh, at a Rolling Meadows campus. Um, and then somewhere in there, I was the pastor of um, our young adults ministry, which we called Connect at the time, uh, pastor of marriage ministry, um, small groups, all sorts of things like that. And then the adult ministries pastor there, and then, yeah, and then campus pastor. Wow. So, That's a lot of jobs yeah. at one church. How long have you been here? Uh, I've been on staff since uh, 2009. Uh, um, okay, so 13 years now. Yeah. 12, yeah. 13 years, something like that. You're better at math than I am, so sure. I believe you. Well, I mean, if you uh, came at the beginning of 2009, <laughs> it would be 13. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, so we've been, uh, my wife and I have been attending Harvest since 2000, but came on staff in 2009, um, first at Meadows, and then came to the cathedral in 2014. Wow. Jeff, where are you from? Originally Texas, uh, right outside of Dallas, uh, Irving, where the Cowboys play. Really? Yeah. I knew that. Yeah. I did. 
Irving, Texas. But back when you were there, it was God's spittoon. It was not. <laughs> it was not the A and yeah, T and T Jerry Dome. No, there wasn't the jumbotron like that. Um, but yeah, so I was born in Texas. We moved around a bit. I lived outside of D.C. in Maryland for a number of years. Why? And then why did you just move? My dad's job kind of moved us around what a couple did he do? times. He uh, worked mostly in human resources, um, but for a couple different companies. And um, do you yeah, remember so living in Texas? I do. Yeah, what do you well, remember of Texas? Um, I don't. I mean. Yeah, a lot of stuff like playing in the neighborhood with the kids and stuff. I, I we left when I was seven, so I wasn't like so not a lot of memories of Texas. No, but I I have memories of like that house that with the really big backyard and you know like things like that. Yeah, but nothing. Did your mom have a lot of big hair then? Because <laughs> no. that's when, when I moved to Texas. There is a lot of that big was hair. the thing that yeah. I noticed. We were moved in the late nineties, yep. and the, immediately we showed up. I was like, whoa, that's some big hair. Yeah. Big hair and white pickup trucks. That's the other thing. Yeah. 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 There's a lot of those. And now now everyone owns a Lexus. Even if you don't have, how, you, if you can't afford a Lexus, you still get a Lexus. I don't know why. <laughs> it's like an Oprah thing. You I get a Lexus. Know. You get a Lexus. I know. Yeah. yeah. I know. Good. So uh, you moved around. Like, what do you call home then? Like, what yeah. is, what is, when you think you step foot back into whatever location, where, where would you say is my hometown? Yeah, I mean, it's really Chicago. So when I was uh, 12 or 13, I think uh, we moved to the west suburbs, Geneva. Um, oh, wow. And, Isn't uh, that like the trendy little spot that it, you know, it, everybody says, oh, you got to go to Geneva? It is now, yeah. Was it like that then? No, I mean, it was supposed to be like this white picket fence town, and yeah, it was it was all right. Like, I, I had a good... Um, a good group of friends there, and uh, we had a good church down there that we went to at the time, and yeah, so, so really Chicagoland is is what I consider home, and then Sarah and I, my wife and I, have lived in the city for, I mean, off and on for a long time, over 10 years, so that, okay. that's really, like, we love the city, and yeah. So Chicago is, is I'm assuming you like it, because you've been here yeah. a long time, and you've had yeah, the opportunities do. to leave. Yeah. Yeah. What's your favorite part of Chicago? Yeah. Um, I think, well, I don't know. I mean, one of my favorite things is... I'm like, new to Chicago. Tell yeah. me something good about the city or the area, I, the I, suburbs, whatever. I love that there's, um, specifically with the city, I love that there's great um, diversity, both of types of people, but of neighborhoods and restaurants and things to do. And um yeah, so we love that. I love that my kids go to a, a school with a whole lot of different people from a whole lot of different backgrounds and um, and uh, truthfully, a whole lot of different um, worldviews. And so while obviously that presents challenges and a lot of Christians, I think, are scared of that kind of thing, I love that. I love the hard conversations with my kids about you know, the kid in their, their school who believes such and such a thing and and so I love that diversity of the way that the Lord has made people and um, and how people like genuinely are right now, that we're not hiding from those sorts of things, but we're seeking to engage um, for Jesus Christ in the best way that we can. So, right. Yeah. Did you always think that you were going to be doing ministry in this city? No. No. I think... What did you, when you were a little boy, what did, what did, what did Jeff Thompson want to be, what did little Jeffrey want to be when he grew up? <laughs> yeah. Um... I mean, I don't, you know, like I grew up playing sports, kind of everything. Oh, so um, like a major league so baseball player. Or yeah, something. I mean, there were some times I wanted to be uh, MLB, but I think, you know, I got into hockey. That was like a thing for me. I, I wasn't, honestly, 
uh, amazing or anything like that. But like, what I position it. did you play in hockey? Uh, I usually played right wing, okay. uh, and then I got stuck on def- defense. Because why would they play you I'm as massive. a defenseman? I was going to say, aren't the defensemen no, the? I started playing. We st- big guys. Like, yeah, uh, I started. We started a team uh, when I was in high school, and. There was you started a team. Our, our high school started a team. Oh, I see. It was like my sophomore Jeff year. Not, not me personally. No, no, no. Started a team. No, um, uh, a group of people got together that we were a part of and started a team. And we uh, there was like me and four other guys who had really ever played organized hockey. And so two of uh, me and another guy named Aaron, who were probably the most seasoned, I suppose, they put us both on defense even though Aaron was by far the best person on the team. But they were like, nah, we need a little stability. So, yeah. Did you guys lose a lot? We lost a whole lot. Wow. Like a whole lot. I think so our first year So you played against other lost, high school hockey teams? Yeah, yeah. The first year you lost how many? Oh, gosh. All of them, but I think we won two games, maybe Ooh, three. But what, what games they were. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Did you, do you score, did you score goals? Yeah. From a defenseman's position? Yeah. Wow. Big well, slap yeah. shots and all that? No, I mean, usually I'd... I'd Take it up. Take what? <laughs> Take <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, you as a defenseman, you you're from Canada. You've seen hockey play. Uh, yeah, you know, you know like, what? I don't know. Sk- I only know a few phrases in hockey, like cycle oh. the puck. Do you know what that means? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. See, most people don't. I didn't. Yeah, that's know like every- when you're in the boards and you hit it off the boards. Yeah. The I used to just yell that like, whenever yeah. I'd watch the games with my friends. <laughs> just cycle the puck, cycle the puck. Yeah, and just, I did, just start they yelling. Seemed, they seemed to think that that was a good idea. Yeah, just random hockey whenever, terms. Whenever I'd yeah. watch it, they'd be like, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, good. We need good. to cycle the yeah, puck let's more. let's do that some more, yeah. <laughs> but you yeah. were a goal, you liked, you sco- scored some goals. Yeah, not a ton. All right, if but. I were sitting right now, if I were in, in a, uh, I put on the hockey gear, right? Okay. And you, we were going to go one-on-one. Like, you know, you're going to do the shootout thing. Okay. Could you score on me? Are you a goalie? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Score on me. Yeah, I'm sure I could. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't even you play. You don't know what cycle the puck means. I don't so even I, play. <laughs> I know. I can't even skate, but you're not scoring on me. No way. No way. So uh, why do they get so sweaty, hockey players? Because you've got a lot of equipment on. Is it? Yeah. Okay. I mean, you, you're mo- was, we were taught, like growing up, it was, um, our coach used to say, if you can breathe after two minutes, you're not skating hard enough. Oh, so okay. it's very much like, a, um, it's not like marathon running or something no, it's like that. It's very dough. much like, yeah, you know, you're, you're skating at a 10 yeah. and then go sit down for a little while and then 10 again. And then, you know, so. was there ever a point uh, when you were playing that you thought I could do this beyond just this high school team? Um. I mean, there were times I wanted to play college. or so. I, I never thought I was anywhere close to good enough to play, like, pros or anything like that. Um, but you thought you might be able to play in college. Yeah. Yeah, probably. I, I, I had an opportunity to um, and kind of gave it up for a little while. And yeah, it's basically like it wasn't um, – I really saw – uh, a conflict in the way, not for everybody, but the way that I was acting on the ice um, in a way that was sort of contrary to my walk with the Lord, truthfully. Okay. I was the only believer on the team, and um, I was one of the alternate captains, and I was leading the team in penalty minutes. And <laughs> That's part of the game, I, right? Well, yeah, but there are some penalties that you get and some that you're like, mm, yeah. So I just, I found... Um, you just I think, lose, lose your temper yeah, in hockey. Yeah, for sure. Like, I, I think um, 
anger is something that the Lord's worked on in me uh, a lot of times, and and that was something that I just kept coming up. And so I, yeah, I had an opportunity to play college um, hockey, n- nowhere like you know. Yeah, but you still had yeah. a chance to go and play on a college hockey team, yeah. but you decided and not to do it because yeah. it was a, it was because of the man. I don't like the kind of person. Yeah, this I was is like, I'm, me. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do it anymore. And then, yeah. I don't know. The Lord kind of dealt with that in yeah. some ways, and I ended up still playing, just pick up hockey and yeah, yeah. some men's league stuff and things like that. And I, I still play. I took some time off, just life, you know, kids and things like that. And then I started again, actually a couple months ago, and okay. I've been playing about twice a week. Wow. So, yeah. Have you scored just a goal exercise. since you picked up? Yeah, but it, it's oh, just pick up well, hockey. It's like well, you couldn't score on me, <laughs> so scoring on <laughs> them is a big deal. Well, yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. Um, so seriously, when did you when what did you want to do when you when you were growing up? And your dad was in HR. Did you think what was your did your mom? That you, did you grow up in that family? Your parents were married and all that. Everything was yeah. good. Brothers and sisters. Yeah, uh, I have one younger brother. He's uh, like two and a half years younger than I am. And um, you know, we we loved each other. We were also at each other's throats all the time yeah. about you know fighting over video games and fighting over sports and stuff like that. But um, yeah, he and I have a good relationship now. And, um, yeah, we, I, I grew up in a very happy home and, um, yeah, parents, uh, are still together, still married and, um, Christian home. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so were you both, allowed to play video games that were not Christian? Yeah. What was the best video yeah, game? We were there was a time up? when we weren't allowed to like watch the Simpsons for a little uh, while, which yes. is until somebody is, wrote a book called yeah, the gospel according to the Simpsons. Uh, and you were like, I didn't know it was a Christian show. Yeah. So you were right into it. I didn't it. either. Yeah, but we grew up in a Christian home. I uh, was really blessed by the fact that my parents, I mean, I was going to church as early as I can remember. And um, both my parents, you know, serving in the church and going on mission trips and things like that. And so Your we parents were, did. They mm-hmm, were on mission trips. Yeah. Did, you, did you go yeah, along? So, you uh, home? No, I mean, it, like, uh, yeah, a little bit like into high school and into college and things like that. Yeah, for sure did a bunch of those kind of things. So... Um, yeah, but grew up in a family, um, loving the Lord. And, um, I think for me, like just instilled in me a, a love for God's word at a really young age and, um, just a lot of different opportunities through that. I think for me, your, your initial question, I think was what I want to do, um, when I grew up. And I, I think I always, um, I've loved people and I've loved interacting with people and learning, um, learning about them and learning about the way that people think. Yeah. And so, I don't know, for a long time I thought, yeah, maybe I'd do something in, in you know, business with HR like my okay. dad had done. I thought for a long time about doing something like counseling. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I really, um, things about like marketing were always interesting to me, like studying the way that people think and then developing ads and things like that around the way that people think. And then I think as I grew in my faith, um, yeah, I, I, I thought, yeah, maybe I'll, do something in ministry, but I always had this idea that there had to be like a call. I always heard about like this yeah. calling you get. And so I thought like, well, I haven't sat on a mountain had the clouds part and the Lord speak to me audibly, like go plant a church, you know, or yeah. something like that. So I thought like, well, unless that happens, I guess I'll just figure it out. So do you know what I used to do? Um, a lot of, uh, assessment for, for, um, um, church planters. Well, I didn't do a lot of it, but I, uh, enough, Every church planter I ever assessed had a story about them crying somewhere in the city that they were going to plant a church. Every every one of them, and it actually got to the point where, as soon as they told the crying story, every kind of everybody was like, "Wow, they're called." 
because they cried. That's one the guy talked yeah. about how he was crying in Costco at the city. I was like, well, that that's an odd place to cry. But yeah, yeah he was just so overwhelmed. He was just so overwhelmed, overwhelmed by the size uh, of the mayo jars <laughs> in Costco. Yeah. yeah, another guy was like, I was sitting overlooking the bridge. And I just started weeping for the, you know, everybody has a, has yeah. a story like that. And after a while you do get to the point, if you want to be a church planter, a lot of guys are like, well, I don't, I don't know, man. Yeah. And if you came to them and said, I think you have what it takes to plant a church, you know, you're entrepreneurial, you're kind of a leader, you know, evangelist, that kind of stuff. Uh, they're like, oh, but I haven't, I, I don't cry. Yeah. You know, I, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't have a, face, huh? I didn't have a yeah. tear, which is, which is really interesting, right? Yeah. That, that's sure. the way it's gone. But yeah, you didn't get oh. a, do, have you, okay. So you're in ministry now. Yep. Do you feel like there was a moment where you you were like, no, I'm going into ministry. And that, was there a story around that? Or is it just kind of, you just fell into it? No. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it was like an, an ongoing thing for me. Um, yeah. I mean, e- even in high school, like I had a few, um, youth leaders who were like, I think you should, you know, think about going into full-time ministry. And I was like, I don't know, I haven't had a call. I haven't, you know, and, um, but you know, so I thought that was a maybe for me. So I decided to go to a Christian college that was a liberal arts Christian college. Cause I was like, well, then I can decide called you know, uh, Judson college That's here right in down the street here in street. Yeah. I ride my bike by Judson yeah. university. Now. Well, they changed it to university. Yeah. yeah. Which I don't know. They think it sounds more prestigious, but hmm, I don't know. Really quickly, but uh, for those of you who don't know, Judson is, you can actually see it from the freeway from I-90, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Especially anyway, in the winter. Yeah, it's got a high, it's yeah. got a, it's like a, is that the dormitory? There's a big Navy dormitory or something yeah. on it. Yeah. Anyway, they have a whole bunch of flags in front of this dormitory. Are those flags like from different countries of the students who are there or just ones that they picked or... Yeah, at least when I went there, that was the that was at least what we were told was oh, that's students. where all of the students are from. So oh, there's okay. a there's a lot you know, of them. Yeah, yeah. How big is Judson College when you Gosh, were there? I don't know. I mean, I think when I went there, I think it was maybe like 1,100 students. Okay, so maybe a thousand. So small enough yeah. to like know a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, you pretty much knew everybody. Wow. You know, at least people who were close to your class and everything like that. So. So your yeah. degree. Four years at uh-huh. Judson? Yeah, biblical studies with a minor in psych. And you uh, live there? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I lived in the dorms there. Uh, Wilson Hall. Uh, I was an RA there a couple years. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I honestly loved my time there. I had like great relationships with some, a whole lot of godly guys. Um, and uh, yeah, had really good experiences there. Um, had some good profs. I met my wife there. I, you know, it was it was a win. I would say. <laughs> um, yeah, but even was your wife from Chicago too? Yeah, she. Well, she was born uh, right here in Elgin, actually. Well, uh, Judson's in Elgin. Yeah. Oh, wow. So she lived in uh, Wheaton for a, a while, and then moved out. Wheaton, where's that? Wheaton, <laughs> where's that? Uh, and then moved out, kind of past Rockford, a little town called Durand. Okay. So, so she came back, kind of came back home to yeah, go and then to college. She, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And you met her when? Uh, we met uh, my, so I first met her um, my freshman year. Uh, so she was still a senior in high school. And I didn't remember what? this until later. I know it's a little. Mm. Um, and I was a, a Judson ambassador, which basically meant I was one of the dopey kids who showed the potential students around the school. That's and not a bad you know, job. Yeah, no, that's great. Were. Yeah, you get free pizza. You know, yeah. that's good. And uh, we had this 
this game. They called them the lame games because they were, in fact, lame. And uh, the way that we pick teams is you go up to a person of the opposite sex and you ask their name and then you do a dance and a song with using that person's name. In front of, right there. Oh, yeah, like everybody's in a big circle in the gym for this kind of thing. So I, um, of course picked the attractive girl that was there and walked up to her and I said, what's your name? And she said, Sarah. And I, I don't remember the dance, but I, exactly. And then so we were on the same team. I don't remember that meeting at all until like later on. I was like, you were the girl, you know, that you kind of were thing. the girl that yeah. I sang a song about. Yeah. But then we met again, you know, it must've had an impression on her cause she came to school there. Which oh, was, wow. You know, you, I, I like to think connect. that it's because of my dance. It but, probably was. Yeah, probably. And uh, so then uh, a little bit after she came, so her freshman year, my sophomore year, um, I, we went on a spiritual life retreat. So they took a bunch of us up to Green Lake, Wisconsin, and, um, you know, sitting around the fire after uh, one of the sessions, and I just went up and started talking to her, and we yeah. had a really great conversation, and... Yeah. yeah, around the fire at the spiritual life oh, retreat yeah. is probably the genesis of many a marriage. I would think so. And yeah. I, I've, you know, I've said, you know, we met at a spiritual life retreat and my life has been very spiritual ever since. Oh, so yeah. Yeah. so at, when did you get married to her? Uh, we got married like right after I graduated. So we dated for a couple of years. Okay. Um, yeah. And then, um, yeah, really just like the summer, really a few weeks after I graduated college. Okay. Um, so it would have been 02. Yeah. So 20, 20 it'll be 20 years in May. Oh, wow. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, That's a thanks. good long, good long haul. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, uh, there you, you, f- after you finished co- college, are you thinking to yourself ministry now? Yeah. So during my time at college, uh, a couple of good relationships with different professors, one in particular who, who talked about that idea of calling and he was like, well, it doesn't look the way that for everybody that doesn't look the same way. And, and really, I think the thing, because I had had such a love of God's word and grown, you know, in study of that, even like high school and things like that through precept ministries, I did their boot camp where they teach you to study the word. And so a big thing that he did, this professor, um, uh, Dr. Girali, um, is he was like, where do you see calling in God's word? And we kept like looking at, and Truthfully, there aren't a lot of places in God's Word that talk about calling except being called to the faith. Yeah, or gifted. Yeah, and, yeah. and there, there's just not a ton in the way that we see it, in, I think, in our Western world. And so that was really eye-opening to me. And um, so we've, even with our staff here, we've talked a lot about the idea of stewardship. Yeah. Like, I believe that the best stewardship of my life is uh, vocational ministry, you know. So I think through that, through my time um you know, Dr. Girali kind of mentored me for a, a bunch of my time there. And I think just like, it was sort of like a, a slowly unfolding of that, where by the time I got to my, you know, end of my sophomore year, even, I was like, I don't know that I can do anything else. I just, I feel like, yeah, you just, like, yep. like this those things the thing. that the Lord, yep. it, it was almost like a logical thing for me. It wasn't, I didn't cry over the city. It was like, look what God's given me, the way that he's built me and, and, yeah, and the experiences you yeah, had I mean, in your it, life. It and, fits kind of yeah. thing. And and honestly, it was just, it was more of a decision. Like, yeah, I'll do that, you know. So graduated um, college and then um, felt like uh, I need to get more training. So I went straight to Trinity and did an MDiv up there. Why did you go to Trinity? Um, Trinity Evangelical Divinity School. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
probably because it was the most expensive seminary that I could find. No, uh, I think, uh, yeah, I just it's local. Yeah, I mean, it was well, you shouldn't go to you didn't go to Wheaton though, and you didn't go to Moody. No, um, no, I I think uh, a lot of it was um, a lot of the people who wrote the books that were at a lot of other seminaries. Yeah. I felt like they're there at Trinity, you know, yeah. and and I personally just felt like I just I want to go to the best one I could find, and and I for me and where I where I was at, I felt like that that's the best opportunity for for me to do that. So, so did you start working at the church then? Or, or serving at Harvest while you were in seminary. Yeah, I so that you're at the end of your time uh, in seminary, um, you have to do an internship. And so I was looking for a year-long internship because uh, I was working, you know, Sarah and I were married a couple years, uh, like three years in at that point, and, um, you know, felt like we were working all the time and had no money, you know. Um, and so I was, I was working and going to school, um, and so I was going to, I was trying to do like about a year long internship. And, um, that was the same time that we started the Niles campus, um, yeah, okay. when they, the church, uh, which is kind of close to there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, right when I, I started attending the Niles campus when it was, um, like the third Sunday, it was a harvest, I think. And, um, got really connected there and involved and they were kind of like, we need people to do men's ministry and small groups and kids ministry. And, you know, and I was kind of like, I'll do it, you know? And so, um, yeah. So I started serving there. Uh, Brian Beamant was on our staff at that time. He's since gone to plant a church in, um, Michigan, but, um, so he was like a good friend of mine and they kind of stuck Brian (laughs) there. He, I I think he would say like, cause they didn't know what else to do with them, you know, but it was great, um, getting to serve with Brian and, um, deepen our friendship together too, but just lots of different opportunities to serve there. Um, and get credit for it, yeah. you know? So, and then that was when I had also had my first job of cleaning the building. So I would go and do like men's ministry stuff, you know, preparing for the men's, uh, breakfast that's happening this Saturday. And then I would go put that backpack on and like vacuum the worship center. You know, so the, the all. seats were all, yeah. So that's great. Yeah. That's great. And that was how many, that were t- I just did that for a year. Oh, okay. That was so my third year of seminary. Um, we were attending harvest through all of that. Okay. Um, why did then, you come to harvest? Um, a girl brought me. Is yeah. it the same girl? It's, it's the same girl that I'm married to for 20 years. <laughs> okay. Yes, fortunately. Um, yeah. When when Sarah and I started dating uh, in college, um, we were like, let's find a church together. And she was attending Harvest. I was attending another church, and we just started visiting different churches. And um, what's that like? And it was really unique for me because I I'm um, I'm I'm a very loyal person, and so like to go you know, I love trying a new restaurant or whatever, but like the, like when I'm committed to something, it's really hard for me to be like, I'm done, you know? Yeah. And so, um, this, I see it now. I didn't at the time, but that church that I was going to was, was, um, it ended up dying, um, oh. for a lot of reasons and it's really, uh, sad, but, um, I think it was kind of headed down and I didn't see that and I didn't, want to see that. And I was like, no, I'm in, you know, so like thinking about going to a new church was hard. Um, uh, another piece of that was I had dated the pastor's daughter Ooh. and clearly wasn't anymore because I was dating Sarah. And so that was also a little awkward. Well, so especially it, in a smaller church, in, yeah, you're like, yeah. Mm. in one way I'm like, eh, it's probably good for me to go somewhere else. You know? yeah. Um, so yeah. And, and I always thought I, we grew up going to really small churches, great churches, but, um, 
really small. And so, so I always saw churches like Harvest as places. They're big because they don't preach the gospel. That's why, you know, that, that was kind of what, I don't even know if that was told to me or if that's just something I believed, but that's really what I thought. And I was blown away when, when we first came to Harvest and I was like, my goodness, the word is open. It's clearly proclaimed that like, yeah, it broke some wow, categories. this isn't you. what I thought it was, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so we, we looked at a few other places, but everywhere I was like, nope, we'll go, you know, so this, this was her church. And yeah. so I was like, all right, I'm let's go to your church. So that's kind of how we got started here. So, so now you're the campus pastor at the Chicago cathedral. Yeah. You need to tell me what that's like. What, what what do you like about being the campus pastor of Chicago cathedral? By the way, what, what, where, what is that building? What was it? Yeah. It's beautiful. Oh, it's beautiful. It's built in 1861 and then... Uh, Survived the fire. The out exterior walls did, and they rebuilt it, I think, in like 1874 or something like that. Um, yeah, it was built by the Unitarians. Um, they had it for a number of years. They sold it to the Masons right about 1900, 1904, somewhere like that. And so the Masons had it for like 100 years. Um, and then uh, in 2006, the developer bought the whole block, and it just sat there for years. And then uh, we were given the building... Um, in 2011, 2012, somewhere like that. Our first service was 2012 um, there at that location. And it is a beautiful building. It's, uh, we were with some of the ops people this morning just kind of walking through. There are all sorts of issues for a building. Oh, without a doubt. Old, it's old, clearly. right? What are you going to do? Yeah, but it's, it's an amazing gift of the Lord, like right on that corner, right across the street from a park. And, of course, it's a beautiful building. And it's really been cool because as far as we know um, – that we did a youth event in the summer of 2012. And as far as we understand it, that's the first time that gospel was ever preached in that building. Yeah. And it's really been cool to see, you know, see, I, don't, I remember one time doing a baptism of a, a kid who was like nine or 10 years old and, and just thinking like, oh my goodness, we're in this building with so much history. And here's this young kid who's yeah. clearly proclaiming the gospel and getting baptized. It's just like such a yeah, it's cool, cool. Yeah. So uh, at the, Cathedral, there are good things and bad things. Yeah. Tell me the bad things first. Okay. Um, like just ministry in this city. I'm just saying yeah. the cathedral and don't, yeah. don't mention names. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? When I say bad things, yeah. you're thinking, uh, David That Friday. person in there. Like, and you're, I'm like, wow, well, no, I, did, I didn't mention that. No. He's one uh, of our elders, by uh, yeah, I'm just teasing. I won't tell him. Yeah, no. Actually, Kreider and I went to school together. He went to Judson. Wow. And so I've known him for, gosh, 20 years or something like that. Um, yeah, I would say that the most difficult thing um, is also potentially one of the most exciting things about it, too. The most difficult thing is because it's in the city, it, it cycles people a lot. Just because yeah, of its location, people don't... Transient. Yeah, it, it's hard to live in the city for a long time if you have kids. You have to make the decision, we want to be in the city. Right. Otherwise, the like you start realizing how small your house is, and my goodness, I could pay a third of this and get a bigger house, you know? Yeah. Or... Um, well, there's a reason that people have moved to the suburbs all yeah. those years, right? Yeah, and, and it's fine. I don't I like... you know, It's totally fine. I'm not judging anybody's decision on that. But because of that, it creates a little bit of a a challenge to do ministry because you feel like, man, we build into this family so much and you see their kids yeah. growing and yeah. they get about like, you know, 11 years old and you're like, oh no, when are they going to, when are they <laughs> moving to Elgin? That's you know? right. So, um, yeah. So I think that's been the most challenging thing is just the transient nature of it. Yeah. 
Um, but that is also the exciting thing. We get a lot of college students, a lot of young adults. It's like their first real job, yeah. you know, away from home. And it is an incredible opportunity to pour into some people, to give them some leadership development skills and to give them some some Bible knowledge and see them grow and leading a small group and serving in our ushers team and all those kind of things. And then to think about like, I have no idea where these people are going to be and what churches the Lord's going to take them to when they move to, you know, Kansas or whatever. Um, but it's really cool to think like, ah, we get to well, get a part to play yeah. in their life. Yeah. Right. And, and you, and it, foundational part in many ways, right? Because a lot of people, it's that's when their faith kind of becomes their own, right? Yeah. If they're going to go to church in the city, yeah. they come from some other place and then they're trying, you know, they're trying, trying out what, what, you know, different approaches to life and yeah. things like that. And, and you have an opportunity to provide for them the, the Christian one, which yeah. is fantastic. Yeah. So it's exciting, but that's probably the most challenging thing. It's like, oh, they're leaving. They're oh, like that, six man. different kinds of chairs in your, in your worship center. <laughs> it's my favorite part of that. Five? Yeah, five, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So if you six. go to different parts, if you go into the cathedral, which <laughs> I recommend the, to everyone, uh, it, it would be a great thing to do on a Sunday. Seriously, especially oh, so. around the summertime. Yeah. Or spring or autumn or whatever. Just go into the city, worship at the cathedral at 10 a.m., mm -hmm. and then spend spend the day. Yeah. Come, come find out. me. I'll tell you the coffee shops to go to. I'll yeah. tell you the restaurants to try. I'll, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But it was a great, a great day to go in there. You guys could right. see it and stuff. But the the building itself, the worship room itself, is phenomenal. It's phenomenal. Yeah, I mean yeah, it's it old and and uh, yeah, it's got this historic vibe to it. Yeah, I the, I preached there. It's, this is my third time I think that I've preached in there. But this last weekend was the first time I ever done it in the morning. Mm -hmm. I loved it. The stained, they have stained glass windows, oh, and the yeah. sun was kind of coming through them. And I was like, okay, yeah, okay. I like this a lot. Yeah, and you, as you preach, you're looking back towards that massive organ. Yeah, it's the second it's oldest in the United States. So it's cool. Just, oh, my goodness. Yeah. It's beautiful. The organ still works. It does. It's out of tune. Yeah, it's about a half step off, I'm told. I don't Whatever know Whatever a step is. I <laughs> wouldn't know. Yeah. Just the sound, there's something that sounds really yeah, wonky it's, it's about it. It's just out of tune, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. All right, JT. Yeah. Uh, do you want to be a campus pastor for the rest of your life? I don't know. I think if you asked me, you know, 15 years ago, do you want to be a campus pastor? I would have said, what's a campus pastor? Yeah. I, we didn't have those, you yeah. know. Um, I think what I want to do is I want to communicate God's word. I think um, I've, uh, you know, it's kind of been, I suppose, a long journey with that. But I, I really um, have grown more and more in, in loving, um, preaching and communicating God's word in that way. And so I'd love to continue to, to do that. I, and I love to, uh, mentor and disciple people in their growth. Specifically, I love building into leaders, um, mm. and seeing them flourish in different ways. So I don't know. I've actually said that since, uh, really since college, those two things, mm. I, I want to communicate God's word and I want to build into leaders. Um, and so I don't know how, whatever that looks like, I'm not, um, I don't have a grand plan for yeah. exactly what it looks like necessarily, but I'm like, I want to do those two things. Yeah. yeah. I think I speak for a lot of people though. Uh, when I say it, I think that you, you absolutely have a gift of communication and that you should consider Thank that you. strongly. I yeah. mean, you are, you're on our teaching team. Yeah. But you I, know. I love it. It's, it's one of my favorite things to do in ministry. Um, yeah. And I think I, I've, 
felt that that was a gifting for a long time. And then for a long time felt like, okay, I guess maybe it's not, you know, you just didn't have opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And so felt like, okay. Cause how many sermons have you preached in your life? Uh, less than 50 for sure. I mean, I think, I don't know. We were talking a couple weeks ago and I counted and I think it was like 34 and I've preached twice since then. So maybe 36 now. (laughs) So that That includes the terrible ones. When we get to the 50th though, we should have a little party. (laughs) Right. Oh, sure. Sometimes there's probably something next year, maybe. Okay. Around there. Right. Probably. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, Something like that. So, yeah. Well, that's fantastic. Okay. I got a lightning round real quick. All right. Okay. Names your kids. Names of my kids. Uh Ages too. Okay, Judah is 14, uh, Elias is 10, and Hope, uh, Paulina Hope, um, she's just about to turn eight. She's seven right now. So. What did you do during the, uh, during the riots downtown? Were you there at all? No. At any time? No. Why was there blood on the front doorstep of the church when I came and visited one day? It was like a pool of blood. What do you, oh, that. God. Oh that! Oh oh that! I I honestly don't know how that got there. Um, <laughs> that sounds like I'm trying to cover something up, but no, I really don't know how it got there. I, I would say we do. What somebody one would of say the other challenges. <laughs> one of the other challenges we get. Um, there's a lot of like clubs and things like that that aren't too far from the cathedral, and so lots of times Saturday nights can be kind of crazy in the city. Just that sort of thing, and so there's a lot of people who've had a little too much to drink and you know, so it's not uncommon for us to find like a whole bunch of garbage in our front lawn on a Sunday morning when I show up or things like that. So it wouldn't surprise me if it was something like that. Right. What does your brother do now? Uh, My brother does, um, I don't even remember what it's called. He does um, like for different companies, they have uh, a sound signature. So he's done a lot of graphic design. He's super artistic and creative. It's like the, total opposite of me in a lot of ways um but he'll meet with companies and develop like a sound profile so that they'll use in commercials or they'll yeah. use in a you know if it's a car company and in like an auto show or things like that it's really interesting and fascinating the ways that he come up with these i i don't remember what it's called okay i've asked what, him what kind of car do you drive uh, I drive an 06 uh, BMW. I didn't ask 3. you the year. Yeah. It's a, I asked you what kind okay, of car it was. It's a BMW. 3. You own a BMW? I do. I, I bought it off of another staff member for $2,000. Yes, I remember this BMW. <laughs> you do because the weekend you were here to interview had an interesting experience for you. I know. Yeah, you, it, 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 uh, it, it stopped working uh-huh, and then yeah. I think it was me and my wife pushed it to the, no, that's the, not entirely kind of true. though. No, me and you oh, pushed that's right. it and your wife steered. That's what happened. That's right. I, yeah. It was, I keep telling you, I was part of the interview. It was, it was planned. Let's see if you can push a car. I intentionally made my alternator malfunction at that exact moment. So that you would have to push it with me. So let, let's let's see how he acts. You passed. You're I did. Here. I'm here. <laughs> I was willing to push. <laughs> JT, it's such a pleasure to talk to you. I get to talk to you lots of times, but it's great to share this with you on on this uh, platform. Yeah, thanks. If you guys see JT around, of course, you need to pat him on the back and tell him how great he is at hockey and that he probably couldn't score on me. <laughs> anyway, it's great to talk to you, and it's uh, we'll we'll catch the rest of you next time. All right.